Hello and welcome to the H&D Podcast, a podcast where a bunch of, a couple of unqualified idiots talk about sports for a little bit. And we've got quite the show for our inaugural episode. We've got a big interview with Adam Hackett and Keaton Kelly. Uh, as you know, our school is halfback and quarterback. And we've got a good couple of like talking points, discussions. Uh, Kale, how about you explain the first one, the first segment we're going to do? Alright, so we're going to start it off with over-under. It's going to be a, a segment where each of us pick three people, and we give them to each other, and we give our opinion on if they're overrated or underrated and why. And then we have uh, college football, where Ben thinks that Iowa is not a playoff we'll, contender. We'll, we'll get to it. But, but they are. Hey, hey. But first, let's start with their overrated, underrated. Basically... You may have seen something similar to this. Like he's, like Caleb said, we have to either state if something is overrated or underrated. There is no middle ground. We must pick a side. So, Caleb, I'll give you uh, mine first. Do you think Alabama and Georgia is overrated underrated? Obviously, the talk around has been they're just going to be in the national championship. There's no discussion about it. How do you feel about that? Okay, so... Obviously, they are both going to be in the national championship. They're, okay. They've both been the best teams Okay. this year by far. I think Georgia is uh, underrated. Really? Uh, okay. they're, they, they're both SEC teams. They both have really great offenses. But the difference I see between them is defenses. Georgia's defense is locked down. And they've scored – or people have not scored many points on them. Where Alabama, they've had close games with Florida and all these other teams – I just don't see it. I see Alabama overrated, Georgia underrated. So what I'm hearing is, like, you think both offensively they're both, like, all square, but you think the difference really between the two is the defensive play. Absolutely. All right, so give me your first one. Brees Hall from Iowa State. All right, I have a little question. Are we talking as a career or just this year? Uh, if you want to give your opinion on both, that's fine. Because as a career, we both know he's been fantastic. But this as year, a, As a career, I believe, like... If I had to pick a side, I would say underrated because really he came up from a no name. But if we're just talking this year, I, I have to say overrated. The expectations for him were like sky high, and he's just been—I wouldn't say useless isn't the word—but he's just hasn't lived up to those expectations whatsoever. Absolutely not. And like, and I don't know really where you should shift the blame if it's necessarily on him or if it's just on all of Iowa State's offense. I think they've been a very lackluster team offensively and defensively, but that's another topic for another day. Yeah, definitely. Um, like, I know it's a different part, but Brock Purdy still hasn't shown out how he's supposed to. Oh, yeah. He's had his best years were his, like, freshman, sophomore years, and these last two years he's been he has been all over the place. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. So my second one for you. Matthew Stafford and the Rams. Obviously, there's been a lot of hype over them. They've had I I'm not quite sure what their record is. I know they beat your Seahawks last night. Yeah. But how do how do you feel about him? Like he finally got to a good team. He's finally showing. Like, do you think he's overrated or underrated? Uh, so this is actually really difficult because, uh, so Matthew Stafford, as we've known, he is uh. He came from the Detroit Lions and has had his whole career there. He's Everyone knows he's a fantastic quarterback, but the team he's been on has had Calvin let's, Johnson, and that's let, about let, it. Let's not sugarcoat it. The Lions have wasted his career. <laughs> yeah. 
He's had about Calvin Johnson for a few years, and that was it. And he retired early, living in the Hall of Fame now. And uh, so at the Rams, it's nice to see him at the Rams because he actually has a team around him, a great defense. It's a really, it's, this is a really hard pick because they did lose to the Cardinals last week. and uh, I did forget about that. Okay. Uh, but Cardinals have also, like, they've, in the offseason, they did really good with their pickups. J.J. Watt, uh, James Conner, uh, mm-hmm. A.J. Green, yeah. some great pickups, which the Bengals ra- wa- wasted A.J. Green's career. Uh, maybe just a, maybe just a hair overrated. All right. All right. What's, what's your next one for me? Daniel Jones. Ooh, that's a good one. Um... I'm going to go on a limb and say he's a little overrated. Just because... I don't know. Granted, the Giants have been on the rise, but I'm just not completely sold on him. I don't really think he's shown his complete worth yet. And I think, like, he has been a very solid quarterback, but people overstate him when there's... I feel like there's just a lot better younger talent out there, like... uh, Who's the first person that came to mind? Uh, Justin Herbert. There's just... Uh, I would even go on a limb and say Joe Burrows uh, so far has been a better talent. I just don't think he's shown completely what he is yet. And, like, people... I feel like people are often, comp- like, comparing him to Eli Manning. Like, he's going to be this new long-term, like, long-term uh, solution for them. And I just... I don't see it. I don't see it quite yet. I don't either. Actually, that was one of the three I was maybe going to hear underrated from with his 400-yard no. passing game recently. No, I just I don't see it. Because I know my next one might is going to be probably overrated too, but... All right. We'll get to it. All right. So my final one for you is Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Because obviously, coming off the high expectations last season, they're... They're Super Bowl contenders. There's not, nothing else you can really say about it. Yeah, he really kept the whole team there. He really didn't uh, change anything about it. Uh, I mean, I mean, minor changes here and there. But yeah. Nothing really big. I have a little personal bias because I hate Tom Brady. And, well, every everybody hates Tom Brady. And <laughs> yeah. I always say, see, I can't make the same argument this year as I did every other year. I always said Aaron Rodgers was the best quarter or better best quarterback in the league, but this year Aaron Rodgers decided, hey, I'm just not gonna play this year I'm just gonna bust he's been just lackluster and so now I have to say they came off a Super Bowl team I mean you can't really overrate the Bucks because they're still having a fantastic season and all like they're they're firing on both cylinders offense and defense you really just can't you can't say overrated for them because they so maybe they're the same team they were last year maybe just slightly underrated yeah as I'd say since we don't really have an even ground basically you're saying you believe they're still like what they were and like you think they're still like Super Bowl contenders yeah but the Chiefs is like a different story because everyone thought the Chiefs were gonna probably and the Chiefs have just been they're awful yeah I know losing to the Chargers are they are they even five hundred uh that's a good question here I'll, I'll yeah I'll look it up quick. Because I know, like, they're not even projected to win the AFC West right now. Oh, I think no, the Raiders I, are. I think they might be towards the bottom. I think the they, Chargers. They are the, the last in the uh, AFC West. Remember, the the remember, Raiders are third, and the Broncos are second, and Chargers are first. Which I think Chargers will win it, but uh, since Raiders just lost to the, uh, uh, I believe it was the Chargers. 
Yeah. Uh, they went three and one, and it dropped them to the third. But they all have the Chargers, Broncos, and Raiders all have the same uh same record. But which is surprising to me is the Broncos second. Well, if you look, I think if I remember where, if you look, they're they're like. The strength of their schedule, their opponents just has been not great. Oh yeah, okay. So, so realistically, I would say looking the Chiefs at, are third in the AFC West. Which absolutely, it, looking at the uh, Jet, <laughs> or looking at the Broncos, who they played, they got blown out by the Ravens, but they beat the Jets, the Giants, and that's the Chargers. Holy crap! I am. No, you're so. good. You're good. You're good. And the uh, it was another really bad team, uh, Jaguars. But I think we can both agree. Coming off of expectations that you should make, you should at least make a run towards the Super Bowl. It's just, it's been terrible. Absolutely, I think Patrick Mahomes' money is getting to his head. You know, he's making. I think someone mathed it down to like two thousand dollars a second. Actually, for like five years, yeah. Wow. All right. Well, that was our uh, overrated or underrated I still section. I got one person. Oh, I'm sorry. All right, uh, keep going. Justin Jefferson. Remind me, he's the receiver for the Vikings. Vikings. I've heard a lot about him. Uh, I'll say, I don't know. I've heard a lot about him, but not as much as some other receivers. Just for that sake, I'll say underrated. Because I do think he is a, even though I'm a Bears fan, it hurts me to say it. I believe he is a great young talent, and I think he will be like one of the more shining stars in the league, especially if he sticks around a LA semi-competent offense. So I, I'll say underrated. I'll go all in on that one. Yeah, the Vikings have had have been doing pretty good this year. Justin Jefferson, really young, really fast, really good deep threat wide receiver. If I remember right, Kirk Cousins has been having a heck of a year too. Yeah, I think he has got a bad game. Him. Yeah, keep him away from those Thursday night and Monday night football games. Absolutely, that's he's, a tough one. He's just a joke. I think if they if it was happening, Justin Jefferson, uh, not saying he is right now, but I think overall he'll be a great replacement for Stephon Diggs. You know, going to the Bills. Oh, I forgot about that one. All right, but yeah, I think I agree with you. I think he'll be a great step. I think he has been a great step, and I think he'll continue to be. Yeah. Possibly, maybe a long term. I don't. I can't really guarantee that. I mean, like, I'd like a receiver boat Jackson out of him. Like, he's so fast. Uh, yeah, he's he, impressive. I don't know how strong he is is the thing. So I don't know how his injury tolerance is. And that's what I think could hurt him in the long run is, a, like, a big injury. You know, going, like, a, like across the middle of the field yeah. and hit by a linebacker or something. He is, he is a little lengthier, right? Yeah. Okay. He's I can see that. But... He's yeah, a, I'm, I'll stick with underrated. I feel like he just, I don't think he's like, I don't, I just don't think he's talked about enough. He's a great threat at corner, or to cornerbacks. Uh, while we're talking about receivers, I want to, I'll throw, know. I'll throw in a fourth one while we're just here. What do you think of Tyreek Hill? Oh, God. Overrated <laughs> for sure. Overrated? Okay. He has so much speed and you can throw it anywhere and he'll go catch the ball. But that's the problem is his catching. You're looking at the Super Bowl. He dropped two, three great Patrick Mahomes passes that were touchdowns. Let's say the, it's, what you're getting, like what's being thrown to you can only be so bad when you have Patrick Mahomes throwing across the field to you. But. Yeah, especially being tackled and everything. Like he had that one great like throw where he's being tackled right into the corner of the oh, end zone. And, 
And Ty- I believe it was Tyreek Hill that dropped that one. So it was really tough to watch because uh, I really wanted the Chiefs to win that. <laughs> but, yeah. All right. Well, do you have anything else for this segment? Uh, no. All right. Well, I think this time it actually is the end of our overrated, underrated segment. And now time for something that we've both been pretty excited for, our interview with Keaton Kelly and Adam Hackett. Yes, sir. Welcome to our interview section of the podcast, and today we have Adam Hackett and Keaton Kelly. Just Hello. So, <laughs> just some credentials before we get into the uh, questions. Credentials. Adam, shut up, Adam. Adam is uh, this year uh, fifth in Class A in rushing yards with 861 and has very impressive 8.8 <laughs> yards per carry. And Adam or, uh, Keaton sorry, has two passing touchdowns and is second in Class A in interceptions, only behind teammate Aiden Cook. Uh, I think some very note of the thing is also Adam has 46 tackles, which is an insane amount uh, in a high school. Uh, we Also with Keaton, he's had two passing touchdowns, but a lot have been called back. We have one like a Highland game where it was a deep ball to Adam Hackett, and it got called back on a holding. It was a perfect pass. It was so beautiful. <laughs> All right. Uh, it, was, it was very good. It was a fun time. I love you, Keaton Kelly. Oh, you the best that. quarterback I could ask for. <laughs> I really wish we had headphones, guys. It would be more performal, but it's fine. It's all right. All right, so first question I'll throw at you guys. Uh, just the general thoughts on the season so far. Obviously, it's been one of like, in better, or like one of the better ones in recent memory. Mm-hmm. Well, for me, I mean, I feel like we should be undefeated right now, but we uh, had a bad game versus Northland, but... I really think we'll go a long ways this year. We've been doing pretty good. Practices have been going by really good. We're working on fundamentals and just getting through the season with a lot of wins. I would say even though we lost to Northland, it kind of like shaped us for how our season has gone because ever since that game, we have stepped it up every week. And we just got to focus on fundamentals and just do our job. I mean, according to Varsity Bound, Northland is second in the state, but I feel like we did definitely probably overlook them a little bit uh, going against last year's score compared to this year's score. Yeah, we definitely thought it was going to be a breeze and did not respect uh, them like we should have. Because in years past, we just pound the ball down the throat, but they never stopped it, but this year it was different. We didn't think they were going to be good, but that's on us. All right, moving on, uh, more some questions around you, because both of you guys had injuries. Keaton, you tore your ACL. Adam, you uh, tore a tendon in your ankle, I believe. Yep. So uh, just for some of us, because obviously not everyone goes through that, like how was the recovery process like? I don't Um, Pretty brutal. It's not anything I would wish upon someone. It's a six-month process, so you got to – wait to get surgery that takes a while and then you have to basically learn how to walk in that leg again and then once you start doing that you go through exercises and with John the best trainer around obviously oh yeah go John and basically you have to learn how to bend it again put weight on it and have it function again and it just takes a while and at a mental state it kind of wears you down you gotta build yourself back up uh, for me it was about four months it was pretty terrible because I had to see all my friends from last year, the seniors, play without me and Keaton, which was terrible because some of our best friends were there. But the recovery process for me was just 
I mean, after I got my surgery, I was in crutches for about a month. And then I was able to walk on a boot. And then it took a while for the scar to heal and get back to my, the mobility I was before. There's a lot of mobility exercises and physical therapy, but the best trainer around, John, helped me out with that. So that's good. Thank God for John. We love John. And, uh, sorry, what's up? And if it is like, I'm pretty sure Jair is going through the same thing as you. Yeah, he said, I was talking to our trainer about that. Jair basically did the same thing as me, but not as bad. Like, he didn't completely tear it. There's just things around it that aren't where they're supposed to be, basically. Yeah. All right, and one more question around the injuries. Would you just have any advice for anyone, like, going through something that's, like, similar to it, to what you guys experienced? I mean, you can't really dwell on it. I mean, last year was terrible because we would have had a lot of fun with those guys, but you can't dwell on it. you got to work harder and try to make yourself come back better for the next year. I mean, it is definitely a huge setback, but it's all about coming back better than you were before. It's uh, definitely a long process. you got to stay positive. And kind of what Christian French told me, minor setback, major comeback. So I just you just go by that and you be good. I like that. All right. Uh, so here we come. It's obviously a huge uh, phrase used by Coach Schaefer mainly. Uh, what does it personally mean to you guys? Obviously, I, I know the big uglies up front love saying here we come when it's a nice three-yard run into the end zone. But personally, was it like, what does it go into your mindset with? I mean, for me, it just puts effort every play and doing it as a team together. When I say here we come, I definitely focus on the we because you can't really do anything without your team. So it's everyone putting effort into every single play, all plays of the game, and just doing it together as a team. Just don't give up and do good, I guess, yeah. I'd say all 11 guys just doing their job and basically making the other team scared that we're going to come and we're going to show them what Buccaneer football is all about. Pound it down their throat. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Surrounded by a small community, football means a lot. Uh, how does it affect uh, your mindset and how do you think it affects the community? Um, Especially the solid season like we have this year. My mindset usually is just focusing every play. I mean, obviously I get nervous. I want to our team to perform good for everyone out there and make a statement to everyone that here we are, we can do this. But uh, for the community, I think it means like it brings people together. We have a good season and everyone in the stands cheering us on. It's just bringing a lot of people together and having faith in us is what makes it amazing, really. I would say, you know, football is the one sport that the community really all comes together because, you know, during winter sports, you have basketball and wrestling, so it kind of splits up football. Everyone comes together, and usually we're pretty successful. The last two years, it's been hard being four and five with injuries and being young and stuff like that, especially this year since we're five and one so far. I would say they just love coming and watching us and seeing us grow. I like when Adam said make a statement, because all the local papers around here had us, like, nearly last in our conference and everything, and we kind of showed up, and now we're, I think, tied for second, going on to Clayton Ridge tonight, who I think is also fighting for the same spot we are. Yeah, I love being the underdog, to be completely honest. You know, showing people what we can do when everyone's against us. 
It's my favorite thing. So I never really pay attention to the rankings or the papers or anything like that. I just go out there and play football with my friends. I'd say since most of our like high school career for any sport, we've been underdogs. And we haven't been really that successful. But this year, being the underdog and now being ranked, it kind of like shows everyone that we came to play this year. I don't know. I just love Yeah, I like being the underdog too. Like I am, so. All right. Well, I think that... So, like, I think that's it for the interview section. Thanks for uh, both of you guys for dealing with us for a little bit, and I think that's all. Thank you. Thank you. All right, welcome to a segment where me and Ben are going to be arguing about whether if the Hawkeyes are a playoff contender or not, which I think they are. Uh, so it's going to come down to this Penn State game. Uh, if Penn State wins, I have to – when they don't win, obviously, but if they do, maybe – I have to have a 30-second sincere apology to Ben why I was trash. And if Iowa wins, I'm going to expect a minute out of Ben of why I was a god squad. So, Yeah, so obviously there's a lot on the line for this. I just want to know, how do you think that Iowa's actually going to pull this off against Penn State? Like, every t- every opponent that they've played, the, they've sent, like they've been, just basically handed the ball to them on turnovers. They've given up the ball. Penn State's obviously not going to do that. They're just a much stronger offensive team. Like, how do you think their Iowa's going to pull through with it? Uh, their defense mainly. We have a, such a great defense. Uh, twelve interceptions, one hundred ninety-two yards. Uh, two defensive touchdowns, three fumbles. So I've all been recovered. Uh, obviously, Riley Moss has the two pick sixes. There are the two defensive touchdowns. I mean, if you look at the scoreboards for most of the game, we've blown out teams like uh, I think it was Indiana Week One, and. It's just, like, we have our spot for a reason. I mean, uh, what's his name? Mr. White thinks that Iowa's only ranked third because they beat I, uh, Iowa State team, who came in seventh and is now not even in the top 25. Well, that's part of, like, that's why I have a problem with two things that you actually brought up. First of all, I just, I feel like Iowa's too reliant on turnovers. I think they've had 15 this year. You're not going to get that many against any high-caliber team that actually has learned and been taught how to take care of the football. So I just don't think that's even remotely possible. And, like, if you even look at the Colorado State game, I think it was a couple weeks ago, there's no reason that Colorado State should have even been close in that game. There's no reason. They only gave up one turnover. They didn't give Iowa good field position. And Iowa's offense just couldn't hold their own against a black, like, just, a, let's be honest, a not very good Colorado State defense. So what's the like? How are they gonna be able to do that against Penn State's defense if they don't have field position? Uh, I I just don't see it. The Hawkeyes' offense is honestly better than you're probably giving credit for. I mean, you got Spencer Petrus, nine hundred and forty three yards passing and only one interception, and that's off of one hundred and thirty seven throws. Like you're just hold not- on, hold, I'm gonna stop you. They're a hundred and nineteenth in FBS in yards per game. That's terrible. It's, and it's a lot, they're dead last in the Big Ten. There's like, there's, you can't give the offense any credit. They've been absolutely terrible. This looks like an important meeting. It is important. <laughs> that was our principal. That was our Mr. principal. Much love. I love you, Mr. Alex. Okay. Um, like I said, they're, they're, uh, I say the but Hawkeyes they're, defense. No, is like, they're terrible. They're, they're absolutely. Off, their <laughs> offense is absolutely terrible. No, I think that they're. But the Everyone Hawkeyes has off games, Ben. 
That's what I'm saying. Everyone has off games. Off- and if we can have an off game and still win, so hey, what? winning ugly is still winning. Yeah, winning is winning, man. Okay, how but how is a team that's supposed to be this good to the point where they don't even have an offensive identity? The student section has been chanting for the backup quarterback. Can I can I say something? Yeah, by the way, uh, Adam and Keaton stuck around for this, so I'm basically just on my own for this. Iowa wasn't even supposed to be the best team in Iowa to start, and they showed up. They beat Iowa State. Iowa State was a disappointment, like usual. Continue on. Iowa has never really had a good offensive team. I think they, I don't know, they keep them in games, I guess, kind of like their defense, but they've always had a good defense, and... I would say, yeah, they played awful against Colorado State. I was at the game. It was kind of disappointing. I was in the student section, you know. But the Maryland game, I'd say if Iowa can get at least two turnovers a game, like in defense, they will be one of the best teams in college football. But if they don't, they might struggle because, yeah, Spencer sometimes is kind of a disappointment. And he makes me very upset. He gets me very upset. But they have Tyler Goodson. Um, I don't know his first name, but Johnson, he's number six. Um, <laughs> they got Regani, Tracy, Laporta. They got all of them. They're all weapons. They just got to find a way to get Let me ask you this, Ben. What's up? What college football team do you like? I don't really have a favorite one if I had to say anything. Iowa State or you and I. But that, oh, that, oh, has, okay. no, that has nothing so, to do with this. That has nothing to do with this. Do you think some of your feelings are coming from the way Iowa beat Iowa State's no, arse? no, because I believe that Iowa State sucks. The way they embarrassed, yeah, they have, whatever his name is, can't even think of his name. The I want, I want you, Rock to, I want you to Matt say, Campbell. not even important. Ben, I want you to say to me that Iowa is better than Iowa State. Iowa by is, long shot. <laughs> Iowa is better than Iowa State by a long shot, and that's part of the reason why Iowa shouldn't even be in like in the position they're in. Their opponents have sucked it up. Like you look at Indiana, they were ranked seventeenth. I think they're two and three now, and which they played with Cincinnati though, who just beat Notre Dame. Okay, I don't really care. And then because <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I just proved a point. All right, but what about Iowa State? Iowa State's three and two. At that time, they were ninth. They were clearly overranked. Everyone knew it. Even, even I'm sure you guys admitted that one. Place. But at that point, they were what one and zero maybe. I think it was. Yeah, they're one of they, they won like against a home game. They won against you and I. Where the, they, they were, barely. I watched that game. You and I played them tough, and they just had nothing against. What them. if you're if you're um, undefeated, you're gonna play like an undefeated team. But if you start losing games, you're start gonna lose confidence. You're not gonna play as good. But at that time, they were all hyped up. It was a Cyhawk series. They were just they were ready for it. But I agree. This Saturday, it's gonna be a defensive game, and I don't know if I will pull it off or not. I hope they do. It's going to come down to their offense actually scoring touchdowns. But I saw some things. It was like Iowa playing Georgia in the whatever playoff it is, the first, one of the two. And, yeah, if they play Georgia, they would probably get their butts kicked because Georgia is probably the best team in college football. That's what I That's think. True. You know a wise man once told me? What a wise man <laughs> once tell you, Adam. Defense wins games. Offense determines how much. Is that wise Jerry man from, Jerry Alden? From Jerry Alden. <laughs> that is my head football coach. <laughs> He's not wrong though. Iowa will keep the or Iowa's defense will keep them in the game. Iowa's defense Iowa's is like. Well, yeah, I agree with you. I, Iowa's like, defense okay. like a young Georgia defense. Like I do believe that Iowa's defense does deserve like a lot of credit, but I don't think it'll be enough to get them there. I don't think Penn like State's I, offense. Realistically, is good, Iowa has like one of just it, to get to the college football playoff. They have one of the hardest like destinations. First of all, I believe they have. First of all, they have to win this week, which is 
going to be difficult on its own. But after that, I think they have to win the Big Ten and then go undefeated. Just because if they, like, let's say hypothetically Penn State does make it to the Big Ten championship, if they split, they're going to take, probably take Penn State over them just because Penn State's played, like, a lot more opponents. They played Ohio State, uh, who else is on the East? Michigan. I just, I think they've just played a lot. I think by that point, they'll, like, have played a lot more teams and... I just don't see how, when the college football committee looks at them, how they're going to decide that this team deserves to be there over, like, uh, who's in the top seven. Teams like Penn State, uh, Alabama, Alabama, Georgia. I just don't see Cincinnati. Cincinnati now, yeah. Oklahoma. And one thing that, like, along with the college football talk, or, like, committee talk, I can't, like, ever imagine that they're going to allow two Big Ten teams in because there's already going to be two SEC teams. First of all, the committee hates the Big Ten. I feel like that's just known. And if they're already going to have two SEC teams, there's no way they're going to let two teams from another conference in. Anything you guys got anything else to say? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Last time Iowa was undefeated and good was... I don't know, I think it was 2016, 2015. And they made the Rose Bowl, they played Stanford... Got blown out. McCaffrey just ran all over. Not yeah, all over but now I love how he's looking in the NFL where he's like yeah. a top tier running well, back when he's healthy. Besides, besides injuries, yeah. I don't know. I think the Saturday will come down to offense because Penn State's offense, they have one good wide receiver. Don't know his name. Number five. I know nobody on Penn State. I just know the really <laughs> Also, also I think something to keep in mind good. is like the history of Iowa and Penn State. It's always a really close game. Like, no more than a touchdown. Oh, Early 2000s, Penn State was ranked number one. Iowa beats them. I just—I mean, it's college football. Anything could happen. Anything could happen. And this is the most sellout crowd Iowa's had in like twenty years. I'll give it. I'll give that one to you. But uh, <laughs> Caleb, that wasn't me. Don't even. <laughs> don't even. That's definitely hack it. But uh, I just—I personally don't see that how Iowa could make it. I just feel there's a lot more teams that are more deserving. I, is there anything else that? Is there anything else you guys would want to say before we wrap this up? That Iowa's a much more superior team than Penn State. You think so? Absolutely. Hey, hey, All you right. guys get away from each other. No fighting in the conference room. All right. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, so next week, I guess we'll have that. Whoever, I didn't really know that that was going down, but whoever. Oh, there's Mr. White, the Mr. Iowa White. State fan who's trash. How's Iowa State doing this year? Three and two. Three and two. How's the top twenty-five doing for him? You know the reason I was third, though, but absolutely not. Okay. You don't. You don't understand. All right, we have Iowa. Like. We have Mr. White joining in on this. So, what do you have to say about this it? podcast? It's a podcast. It's a podcast. <laughs> Ben's trying to roast Caleb right now. I am what are we talking about? Uh, how much I, better Iowa State's going to beat than Penn State? If I was an actual legitimate college okay, football player. Okay, let's hear Mr. White. Let's hear Mr. White. So, so the theory behind Iowa being ranked third is the fact that they beat a higher-ranked Iowa State team, a, a team that was preseason ranked number seven. So that helps Iowa's ranking. Is Iowa truly the third-ranked team? Currently, yes. But they have wins over two previously ranked teams that were ranked higher, Indiana and Iowa State. Mm-hmm. That has helped them. If Indiana and Iowa State were not ranked higher than them when they played them, they would not be ranked third. I agree. They might be in the top ten as undefeated team, because Maryland's awful. I don't care what anyone says about them being undefeated. <laughs> that was awful <laughs> Six football. Picks. Six picks. That was an awful football game. I watched 
part of it because I had COVID, so I couldn't go watch you guys in person. It was awful. I have not seen that bad of football at that level in a long time. Maybe, well, then maybe on Saturday when I watched Iowa State play Kansas. It was also awful. That Tagovailoa, whatever his name is, from like being to his brother. Yeah. He had like one interception on the year to go into like 120th ranked in the yeah. They had country. not played anyone to be undefeated. Much like any Division One college football programs don't play anyone. Kind of like Alabama playing I mean, Mercer. Iowa Mercer. plays. <laughs> Iowa plays Ohio State once every Four years. seven years. Yeah. Like if you look at Iowa and Ohio State's matchups since they made the Super Conference of the Big Ten, it's been like three times. Max. The last time was great, though. The last time was very good for Iowa, but they haven't played since then, yeah. which was what? 2017? Desmond King was still at Iowa. No fan. Desmond of King! And he's clearly a, a long-term pro now, so the Big Ten scheduling frustrates me. The SEC scheduling frustrates me. And I'm sure the Big 12 scheduling, when they add the four teams, won't, be the, won't be the best either, but... If it's like it used to be, it won't be as bad as what the Big Ten and the SEC do. So they usually just do like two teams from the other side of the conference, and then the rest of them just mostly yeah. play out. The Big 12, the way they used to do it was they'd play their side, everybody on their side, and then they'd play three teams from the other side for two years, and then they'd play the other three teams. The SEC plays everyone on their side, and then they have one protected rivalry on the other side, which now is Alabama-Tennessee, and Tennessee's not very good anymore. And then Alabama and Georgia hardly ever play. Until SEC championship, and then they both get in. Right. And then they because they're in. so good. They get in regardless. They've beaten, because they've beaten the Vanderbilts of the world in the Mississippi states <laughs> that aren't very good. Right. Caleb's going to look up scheduling here. Alabama does play really bad. Teams. Did they, did they play the Senate? Mercer have never heard of. Florida was a really good, really uh, close game. Southern Miss. I think it's Mississippi. Don't know. Mississippi, I do know. Ole Miss, yeah, that was a good yeah. game. Look at their non-conference games. Just show their whole schedule. Hit show more. It's not. So their non-conference schedules are Mercer, who I believe is FCS, Miami which is Iowa State awful. plays that. Miami, but at least they're an ACC school. At least they're a big, a Power 5 conference. But then in November, they're going to play Don't know what that is. New Mexico State. Who's awful. So that's always a good game. Alabama and Auburn. Usually the Iron Bowl, game. yeah. That's a big. Do they play game. Georgia this year? Uh, in the national championship, they do. <laughs> <laughs> Which Georgia will win? I do think that too. I think I'm hoping Alabama loses before that, and so they don't make it there. But they, they get will. LSU at home. They get Tennessee at home. They do go to Auburn. That's the one saving grace. And if they lose to Auburn and then lose maybe to Georgia in the SEC championship, then they, won't be in the, then they won't be in the playoffs. Maybe it'll be a They'll be in the Rose Bowl game, though. They'll no, play. they won't be in the playoffs because the Rose Bowl is part of the playoffs. This is, uh, is this year? Okay. I think so. Well, they'll be the, higher, the next higher-up bowl. Because, That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> as long as they're not in the four, the final four. I can't stand. With Iowa. Without Iowa. Which, well, hopefully Iowa gets there. They will get but the But the only way they game. get there is they got to be undefeated. That's Which means that's what I was saying. They have to be undefeated. They have to be in the Big Ten. I mean, unfortunately, for no Iowa, way. for an Iowa State, they have to be undefeated because they're not one of the Blue Bloods. If you're Georgia, if you're one of the Power Five, you know, Clemson. power teams in in Clemson. Sucks yeah, Clemson would have got there with one loss. But if you're not Ohio State, Michigan, Notre Dame, Alabama, Georgia, LSU, Florida, Clemson, you're not getting there with a, one loss. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Cincinnati might make it this year. I hope they do. 
future right. Big 12. Well, thanks, Mr. White. You're welcome. Thanks for your input. All right, well, that was right. a little much, but uh, that, that's been, like, the whole talk about if I was an actual legitimate college football playoff contender. Uh, I think it went pretty well, even though at by next week, Caleb will be apologizing in this very room right to me for about, what, 30 seconds? About zero. How I was, about how, zero. How I was ro- like how I was right the entire time. About zero. But, yeah, so... This has been the uh, DMB podcast, and we'll see you next week. Catch you on the flip.